0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode sixty seven of Diamond Dreams Miami up and in as always here with Mike Quintana
1: 67 strong very special 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 day today 67 we've been waiting for this one for a while yeah we've been talking about this one for a while
0: yeah we mentioned the last couple of episodes you know that that we're gonna have a a cool guest we were working on you know
1: got to reel in the big fish guys yeah absolutely it's the only way to get this thing going (laughs) (laughs) the only way to get this thing going
0: Absolutely. I know I know you guys love listening to us.
1: They're you know, going to really love us today.
0: Just Armando and Mike, but No. Always with a guest. Seen with a, views. with a guest.
2: Oh, guys, We're
1: the guests. guys are out there. going to break it's the happening. record today
0: do something. So that, that voice that you're listening to, former major leaguer. Yeah. Former Miami Hurricane. You got to you got to love the, the, U. the Canes. I, I I would go to I would go to games and and watch watch him hit some bombs. Yondra Alonso. Yeah, man, thanks. You know, it's
2: funny. You, guys, you say that, and, uh, you know, now I'm like an old vet. I don't even play baseball anymore. I'm retired, so when people ask me, oh, what's your name? Oh, what'd you do? I played baseball, and they're like, oh, really? You played baseball? I said, yeah, you know, I just wore the uniform, sat in the bench. <laughs> deal. So that's that's kind of my my go-to right now, yeah. So awesome.
1: special to have him here. You know, he, he used to have his son Troy was in the academy yeah. one time nice. in our 6U division, won a championship, won a championship and yeah. uh, remember he playing pitcher, and he was just learning the game, and... Yeah, it was man. always fun to have Yonder there. And I remember Manny would come out and, yeah. and support a couple times. As, uh, Troy goes through stages. No?
2: He's into soccer now, World Cup, and then uh likes his golf. And you know, but but past like month or so, he's you know, I wanna play baseball, I wanna play baseball. So every time I, I go out there in the back to go, uh he, he wants to work on his pitching, he wants to throw hard, he's gonna be long, lanky. Skinny, and he's probably gonna throw 100 miles an hour. Please, please, please. That's what we want. We want,
1: we don't want no offensive frustrations. No, I mean, just throw, throw the, the rock, offense man. Throw the rock as hard throw as you the can. Birds.
0: <laughs> that's like I, I, I tell my wife, I'm like, listen, man, my, my son's in six. You, I'm like, yeah, Anderson's not gonna be tall. Let's just face it. I'm like, no, cause my dad was six feet tall. I'm like, listen, five, four, barely.
2: <laughs> no, but I mean, that's the beauty of this game, though. I mean, you can have Jose Altuve.
0: And then you can
2: have Judge. And then you can have a unicorn like Otani that can do it all. So that's like, it doesn't matter. I mean, I remember like Ronald Acuna, when I played with him on TV, he looks massive and huge and like this dude that can do it all. And he's six feet, you know, like six one, And and he's hitting homers left and right, like Luis Arias. Like Luis Arias, you look at him and and you see him on the street and you're like, oh, okay, like, cool. You know, he's 5'11" best, six feet, Luis, don't get mad, but, like, that's, you know, at best, right, and and he's hitting, you know, close to 400 throughout the All-Star game, so, like, it doesn't matter. You can be 6'5", and then you can be Vladimir Guerrero, like, Julio Rodriguez, 6'4", 6'5", but then you can also be Altuve, Arias, or Acuna, and, and, you know, even Albies, right, like, look at Albies, he's playing second base, he's He's 5'10, yeah. 5'11 at best. And all those guys,
1: years. you know, we've talked a lot about the Arizona Diamondbacks. It seems like what you're explaining is like a lot of baseball players. Baseball. Like you got to be baseball players. Yeah. You know what I, I mean?
2: And it, it's funny because I think we're heading in a direction in baseball where that's coming back, right? Like you're seeing the Diamondbacks who let the, 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 the league in sack bunts, who let the league in bunts in general. Like, so even when you take out a pitcher, Right, which a lot of the ninety percent of the pitchers would bunt. That's kind of coming back, the first and third, getting a good lead, a good shuffle, base hit, you've gotta make sure you can go to third, good secondaries, two outs, how to how to like do those little things that are gonna win you baseball games. It's not so much the it's okay if we strike out eighteen times, but yet we run into a two three three run homer. That's not okay anymore. So we right. gotta pitch, we gotta use our bullpen, we gotta play good defense and we gotta run the bases right to be able to win and, and, and actually succeed in the big leagues.
1: Do you feel that the two-strike approach is going to come back a little bit more now? Or how do you I feel? I don't
2: think the two-strike approach as much was gone. I think it was, if anything, diminished a little bit. I still think guys had two-strike approaches, but with a sense of still attacking.
1: Ur- urgency? Yeah,
2: urgent. I, I think the stuff is so good nowadays. Like, guys are throwing 100. with. Like I'll, I'll talk to my brother. Like, Manny Machado is my brother-in-law. He, and he, you know, obviously plays... And sometimes I'll call him and and I'll be like like, dude, like how'd you lay off that ninety seven <laughs> cutter? And he's like, oh, I saw it great. And I was like, how'd you do that? My like I never saw a hundred. I, I I say this story all the time in St. Louis. We were facing Jason Mott. This is my rookie year, and on the on the scoreboard, um, it either lights up and like flames when it's like really fast, right? And, and it's green when it's normal speed for the big leagues. And then it's kind of red for, for like, you know, the, the, the slower pitches, right? The curveballs and all that. Well, my rookie year, nine, he threw, Jason Mott threw like 94, 95. That was flames, you know, flames. 91, 92 cutters, it was green. He threw like a nice little change, about 86, 87. That was like red, whatever. My last year in St. Louis, the 95, 96 turned into green. And the 100 was the flames. Nice. And the 90, 91 was like the red. And I'm here thinking like, I think, I think my time is kind of coming to an end. Like, because I facing a hundred, I was like, man, it's this is every day facing a hundred. It was a nightmare every day. So yeah, the game is changing. So I'm seeing a lot more athletic guys at the box, which you know, when I kind of played, it was it was a little bit of that. I got a little bit of everything. Right. I, I even played with the truck rule. Like you can take guys out of second base. Right. Then I played with none of that. And then, you know, kind of like this game is coming back into being aggressive and hard. So that's kind of where, where we're going with this, where the game is getting very athletic. And even at the box, like what guys are doing, not only on the mound, but at the box, it's happening daily.
0: I remember, I mean, years ago when, when Aroldis Chapman started and he was throwing over 100, it was yeah. such a big deal. Dude. And now you're watching every game and you're, and yeah. you're, you're seeing most pitchers. So Aroldis Chapman
2: was my roommate in A. Oh, wow. So we were in Cincinnati. So he, he gets signed uh i'll never forget and we're the only two cubans in the spring training in spring training and me and him had a locker next to each other and uh Walt chocker was the gm was like hey man take care of my guy he doesn't even know the language <laughs> and i say this story all the time it's funny i was in the world series with him he was with texas and he was throwing his his uh side and i was there with him next door he's like hey just come early so we can hang out and talk and we started talking i was like man remember the days so he had just gotten a lamborghini and he didn't even we didn't even know how to turn it on back then there was no like <laughs> iphones no youtube none of that so he gets his lambo and we're in AAA. we don't know how to drive it we don't know how to turn it on oh my gosh he doesn't know how to drive it he doesn't know how to, he just got his license and he was like you know what man like you need to drive it because i can't drive this thing i don't even know how to turn it on oh so we're in AAA in a pearl lamborghini and that's me and our oldest chavin story of just hanging out like having a good time in the minor leagues, threw through hard. He was a starter. But oh, the, was he? I,
1: he was a starter. He was a
2: starter. And he would throw, like, his first inning was 98, 99. And we were like, wow, like, this is crazy. But then, like, the second or third inning, he Done. was, like, 95, 96. And then by the third or fourth inning, he was, like, 90, 91. He was wild. He was all over the place. And then I remember the day that he got called up. And we both kind of called up the same, the same time. Like, he was in Double A, I was in Double A. He was in AAA, A, And then... Big leagues, Big leagues, And then he was my roommate in the Big leagues too. I was his roommate in the Big leagues, And he was a guy that came up. We knew right away, like, if this guy's a closer, it's going to be 100, 102, 103 coming at you. Sure enough, like, he gets called up that same year. He hits 105. 105. And it was like, okay, that's, that's crazy. crazy. And he's
1: so tall, and he's so lanky. He's so long. It ends up yeah. being, like, what, 57 feet for him yeah, or, it's funny you know, or he was 47, you know, whatever it skinny.
2: is. Skinny. Didn't eat right, like he he was, you know, just just like just didn't know how to be a professional yet. Um, you look at Aroldis now; and he's, a a, he's, on he's a bull. Yeah, <laughs> he's
0: a tronco. He's a tronco. He's a bull.
2: I remember the first time I we were in Miami that first off and I asked him to come train with me. I was like, "Come on, let's go train." I was trying to teach him like the ropes of like how to train, make sure you wake up early. I was like, "What time is training?" I was like, "You know, eight a.m." He's like, uh, 8 a.m. Eight a.m. is not doing it for me. I sleep till 12. I was like, "Well, it's eight a.m. Like that's when we train." So he shows up at eight a.m. And my trainer at the time uh, makes him run like ten hundreds, like nothing crazy, not time, just ten hundreds. Get that cardio up, and then we're gonna go in the weight room. He lasted like three hundreds. It was three hundred yard sprints, and he was out. He quit. It's like I'm, I'm not coming back. Like, see ya. And I was like, oh boy, like this is gonna be bad. You look at him now; he's healthy.
1: He's a workaholic. He's a workaholic. He's now a workaholic. He has the, a gym in his
2: house. Yeah. He he's jacked. And I always tell him all the time, like, man, you remember when you quit? He's like, yeah, but now like. He he's maintained what it's like to be a professional. He's super dedicated, which is amazing to see.
1: Which is something that I think is we're seeing more and more of it as players being more and more and more in better shape, right? Because oh, you were on. talking about the guys throwing hard, and we're talking about a man, you know, Rolles Chapman. But what's up with these high school kids now throwing a hundred yonder? Yeah, and, look, and like, what's what's going on? Like, what's different? What what do you see as the difference starting, maker?
2: I think it's starting like in literally. I, I think mm-hmm. I think people are more educated than ever. I think social media has taken a a, a real turn for for, you know, a, a lot of I always say like a lot of smoke, but then if you see through the smoke, there could be some good things that can work for certain people, right? Um, where, you know, make sure like they're training. I, I I think look, I was I was I was a player, I was a guy or a kid that I practiced. I practiced a lot. I didn't play as many games. My thing was to practice, 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 you know, um, learn the game, learn the rules, learn the schemes, learn how to approach a kid, l- learn routine, learn long toss, learn, you know, catching around balls for two minutes straight, learn how, how to hit off the tee, like batting practice, right. Catching live fly balls and in batting practice. Like you don't get that in a baseball game. You get that in practice. So I think what's happening is we've kind of shied away from practice and it's a lot of travel, a lot of travel, a lot of travel and more individual stuff. Whereas the game is becoming a little bit self-centered into what you are as a player, which is good because that's the reason a pitcher can throw 95, 96 in high school because they've been training like that since they were 12. But I also think that precision players and even pitchers need to learn the game in itself and like what it's like to be on a team. I was talking to uh, uh, one of my uh, good, he's a family member, my nephew, JJ, and he talks about how kids are, are in six, seven, or eight different travel ball teams. It's crazy. You know, I was always in one team, international, like the International Academy with Rolando Hernandez. I played there till, from nine years old all the way to 14, and then I went to Gables High.
1: Then you you grinded it out with your academy team. Yeah, you had good we, seasons. We, you, know, you had bad seasons. Yeah, we had bad seasons. Every seasons, you we, and we were talking about this on the we way here. We're just talking about we it. you learn know, to lose. Yeah, like how to
2: not be okay with the losing. Yeah, you know because it's not cool to go to a tournament knowing you are gonna win every every time. Exactly. Then when failure kind of hits in high school, then or, or that next step, like where yeah. are you gonna go? You know. You know,
1: I I I am so it's funny that you bring that up because you know we play with what we got. We're an academy. Yeah, you know, and then we go to these tournaments. And there's teams that are on four or five different travel team rosters, yeah, all with a different name, they add a different initial, they add a different something, mm-hmm. and it, it's wild, and then those teams come out, they stack up, they win, and then they want to bang their chest right but that's not that's easy that's that's easy yeah, to do, no, yeah, you know what I mean like that's easy to do. keep the same team, grind it out with your boys, right you know, and then when you win it, it it feels better, it's so much you more know, special the,
2: the, I think like the beauty of of learning how to do that. Right. And learning like obstacles and and it it gets you prepared for other maybe things down the road. Like I I tell kids all this this story all the time. Like, you know, for me, I was blessed. I I had they knocked my opportunity, knocked to my door numerous times. The reason opportunity knocked in my door was because I was prepared for that opportunity. You know, I, I welcomed that opportunity. I did things to maybe build a door for that opportunity. But that wouldn't have happened if I didn't have. The negative results or the positive results and literally you know the losing and the grinding to get better that offseason to be able to get much better to to create that door for an opportunity and and I tell kids all the time like you guys have to be careful because you guys think you guys have the world by by your hand but you really don't you know opportunity might come as a freshman in high school and that might be it like you might not get another opportunity maybe until your senior year so you've waited 36 months until your next opportunity you know, and, and, and it, it kind of has to hit on kids, right? Because I've always felt like, for me, that opportunity came my freshman year, then it came my sophomore year, then it came my junior year of high school, and then my senior year of high school, right? But there was kids that I know that it only came maybe like my sophomore year of high school, and then they didn't see it again. So the Little League, and I think that that stage of like middle school and between like, you know, seven to 12 or 13, those are, I guess, I would like to say like, opportunity makers where you're like making yourself into when that door gets knocked, I'll be ready to answer the bell.
1: Exactly. Uh, rather than, man, I only got one opportunity.
2: No, I don't want to think like that. Exactly.
1: Right. Exactly. Like, I don't want to think like that. Exactly. Tomorrow is another one. Exactly. You know, but you know, those people who just got the one opportunity don't realize that that was it, man. And, and, and like I mean, that was it. What like, I mean by you that know,
2: too is, the, the losing and winning, right? Because if you win, 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 and you, you're faced with this opportunity and that person that's giving you that opportunity might bring another kid to face you with another opportunity that's dealt with losing and winning and, and grinding and, and getting better. But you've always had it the good way, right? Like you've always won all your tournament, so you don't know any better. Maybe this kid knows the savviness of like a 2-1 slider, right? Because he's pitched in closed ball games rather than a guy that's like, oh, it's ten nothing in the first inning because we're that good. Right. You know, it's pitched it's like the game game of baseball is completely different.
1: Do you do you find their value in in coaches staying, you know, with the same coach for a long amount of years? I mean mm-hmm. it,
2: that's a very good question. Look, um I'll tell you this as a father, as you know, I never stepped foot on on the field when with my son. Never. I, I didn't and that, was, that and was I tried. That was a point to that. <laughs> I love, I yeah, tried. Like there was a point to that because I wanted my son to get screamed at. I wanted my son to see a coach that he doesn't know respect, understand that he's the leader, he's the captain, he's what says goes. I wanted that. Like that that's how I want my like my son to be seen as. I don't want other parents, other people to be like, "Oh, he's, you know, it's great. I would love to help. I would love to be that guy that can be like, I'm going to trust me, I can run a practice of course, right. I can run it with my eyes closed. I didn't want that. You know, I think it's good for parents need to understand what works for their kids. So it could be one coach or it could be, you know, maybe another coach down the line. What I will say, this is what I start. I have to finish. So if I'm with a coach for one year, we're going to be with that coach for the remainder of the year. Of course. You know, that's just my beliefs. Those, those are the beliefs I've trying to put into kids because it's not good to be with a coach for two months and then you're going to have a new coach two months later. Yeah. And then another coach too. Well, There's no stability. There's no consistency yeah. in that. So what do you think your, your son's going to do? He's, his career is kind of, he's going to go like that, right? Because there's no consistency. I'm more of a loyal, you know, I'm with you till the end of it. Once I believe in it. This is where we're going. Yep. You know, we're, we're not going to go anywhere else, right? We're going to learn here. And like, to my, I'm, I'm lucky or I guess my son's lucky that I played the game of baseball. So if I see something that I don't like in practice, I could be like, okay, like maybe we can do it. You know, I learned it kind of this way or kind of bring it up to somebody where maybe has the knowledge to want to learn or something like that. But for me, it's about if it works for your son and you're seeing consistency and you're seeing kind of this like a like a. I like to say, like, a, you put money in a stock and it's going up every single day. There's no need to change. If it ain't broke, why fix it?
0: You mentioned, you know, you played for International for some years. Yeah. I grew up playing at Pacual, and yeah. I played there from, the nemesis, man, from five to 14. <laughs> and you had, you know, your your practices, and then you would play boys' club. Yep. That's just a way Practice it works. Practice and boys' club. So what, what are the, I mean, you know, comparing to kids now, what are the pros and cons you see from, you know, the pros and cons from back then when— the way we grew up playing and then now with so much travel ball i mean i you know my my son's in six U. I got to i got to help out this year when we were playing nyba you know and, and and i and i saw you know you see one kid here and then another game like you know like mike was saying he's playing another game and he's it's just a yeah. a, a, a so lot that didn't a, exist a back lot of in your movement. day. That didn't like, exist back
1: then. You know the recruitment now on the Instagram and and the yeah. parents reaching out. Oh, if you if you want to borrow a player, it's ridiculous. Like I
0: saw I saw a guy and I remember I remember he he went up to Coach Josh and I'm guessing the, the guy went up to you too. He's like, oh, you know, I got this player. They loaned it for yeah. and Mike's like if he comes to DD
1: sign he'll up to sign up pay a registration <laughs> fee pay monthly right. fee try we're, out we're for you. I'll put you on the team. lo yeah. you prestaron. Know, I think, think that else.
2: I think that what and I'll, I'm gonna be as like you know PG as possible with this <laughs> answer because I took pride in saying that I was from Miami like I took pride saying that I played little league in Miami. I took pride in saying that I I played an international, even though maybe Pascual was the best team every single year. Because they were. I took pride, though, in saying that I played high school ball in Miami as well and I went to UM. Well, that was built not by me, but by other people before me. Because they were loyal to our squad, my squad. Like, this is me, right? Like, there was no... Like, if I played with him from. I was nine years old till 14. And let's just say we played more than not, more more than not, we were going to go to part of the same high school. And we were going to, we were going to be like, Hey, we're going to run game here. You know, we're going to run game here and we're going to be in varsity together. And then we're going to face you (laughs) who's going to the other school. And all of a sudden now that becomes a rivalry because this is my squad. You know, this is the Miami way. And then down the line, we're going to be, uh, at the University of Miami, all three of us, how about that? And now we're going to say, no, no, we're from Miami. Like, we represent this city. And we represent my parents. And we represent the people that came before us. And we represent, so this is the Miami way. And and I think that's how that's been lost a little bit. We're losing bit. it. We're losing it because yeah. there is none of that. It's it's very watered down. Everything's watered down. Like, you can play with me today. Tomorrow you can play with him. And then there's no connection, like, right? There's no, like, if you're the right fielder and I'm the first baseman and there's a bloop behind me, I don't know your speed. I don't know who you, I don't know if you're going to call me off. I don't know if you're going to say ball, 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 or I got it, I got it, got it. And we might be in Little League today, but tomorrow we're in a Connie Mack World Series where there's 15,000 people, (laughs) and I can't hear you because I've never played with you. Right. So I think that's what's that's the problem.
1: But obviously this is something that's fed not by the player it's fed by the parent and and yeah, is it I think it, it's fed by the parents. Is yeah. it is it a lack of I understand losing. You know what I'm saying? I get it. Um, you know? But is it is it is it is it a lack of of not understanding losing or is a is it a lack of just wanting to win all the time because mm. literally if you don't win they're gone.
2: I think it's both. I think it's you've answered that question. I think it's I think it's actually both. I think that it's wanting the best for your child because you wanna kinda tattoo a winner in your child's mind. But there's also that that side of like, I don't want him to to kinda like lose, right? Right. Like I I like going to places where I'm like, you know, I wanna see I wanna see how he's gonna struggle today. Right. Like that's why, I, hey, you wanna go hit some golf balls? All right, let's go play. We're going to play from the red tees. We're not going to play, like I'll tell him, we're going to play from the red tees, like the, the 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 seniors' red tees. Well, why are we doing that? Let's play a little bit shorter because, you know, I'm a kid. No? You want to play golf? We're going to learn how to play from – these are the tees. Like, this is,
1: this is where the, it starts. the shortest
2: tee. And it's going to take you 12 shots to get there on a par four. Suck it up. Maybe right. next week it will take you 10 shots. And it, it sucks. I mean, yeah, it takes – you know, one hole takes 30 minutes, but I'm trying to do the same thing when it comes to, like, baseball or whatever it is. It's, it's okay. It's okay to, like, you know, kind of struggle. Like, that That creates thick. We are Miami. Like, Miami is thick. Like, we, we are thick blood.
1: Doesn't that also create great conversations on the way home, though? Like, for example, you're, you're a dad, and, yeah. and you go home yeah. after a loss. Like, there's got to be an extreme value in what you have to do as a parent to talk to your kid, to... Make that loss a win mentally mm-hmm, or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and then also on the good days celebrate it. Yeah. But it, if it's win win, like like,
2: yeah, there's you know no what there's I mean? no mean. Like, there's not that value, right? There's not like that, that value. That man, you know what? Let's let's go let's go celebrate today because you scored a goal or like you know, yeah. you know you went two for four today. You ran the bases right. You made a good catch. My dad always used to tell me like you can go one for four today, but you can save three runs on defense. So like we're gonna celebrate if you go for four. 0 for 3 with a walk, but then you made two diving stops with men on third, and, and you ended up, you know, getting a double play. We're celebrating, like, you got two hits, three hits. How's That's your dad like doing, by the way? Was, I haven't seen great. him. Last
1: time I saw him was in Miami. there. He's Is working he up out, too? getting after it. Dude, he's, he's GQ, man. GQ, man. <laughs> GQ, dude. He's got good hair. He knows it's what's like, up. It's like, man, it's unbelievable. <laughs> he knows what's up, man. Good <laughs> bloodlines. Yonder, yeah.
0: you, you mentioned uh, rivalries, right? And mm-hmm. you mentioned, you know, International and Pascual. And before that, like, when I, when I was growing up, I'm a little bit older than you. But it was Pascual with Latinoamericana, Pamad de Junco, Florida yeah, Lions, yeah, yeah. that crew. That Rolando had Little Havana right. before. I used to play against his son, Rolly, yeah. and Kiki, Bengochea. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the, the whole rivalry thing starts from, like you said, from, like, very young here in Miami and then in, in high school. I went to LaSalle. We had our rivals. You know, right. I'm, I'm, right. Gables had their rivals as well. Thinking back to those days. You know, from little league yonder to, to high, to high school yonder to even college. What are some of the rivalries that that stick out and and some stories because um, th- there was a well, lot of that here and a, and a lot a, lo- a lot of great players down here, man. Yeah, I a think, lot.
2: Well, I'll go down the list. Uh, little league, it was uh, Latin America, uh, Pasqual, Pamadejunco. Like those were the three that were like, all right, we're 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 gonna go at them, right? Um,
0: Some of those coaches, uh, Ulpiano's still around still forever. around. They're
2: still around. Yeah. Um, but he has yeah. Pineda now from yeah, Pacuare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or? Those guys are still around. I still talk to Pineda. Um, and then when you get into Gables, it was obviously the the Core Parks, the Columbus, the Miami High, the Gullivers, the the, the schools around.
1: It was a six A at that time, 6A right? Six A at that yeah. time. Now it's probably
2: like eleven A or ten A yeah. or something like yeah. that. But and then obviously Miami was Florida State. That was you know. Florida state or the Gators. Those were the heftiest Gators weren't as bad as Florida state. I think Florida state was definitely like the worst of the worst. And then even in the big leagues, man, there was rivalries, even if, um, you know, the Oakland, the Bay series, like that's a huge series. When I was in Oakland, we played the giants and we played it's two games, one game in San Francisco, one, the next day you play in Oakland, the Coliseum. So it was, it was, it was a hefty, 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 like rivalry, uh, Insane, crazy. It was like so Coliseum. Good. You would so get good. yeah, the Coliseum. You would get like twelve thousand fans a day for that for that game. It was fifty two thousand. It was. It felt like a football game. People like you would drive to to the to the locker room, like to to the clubhouse. You know, one o'clock, and it was. It would take me like an hour and a half just to get in there because wow. it was everybody was in the parking lots and it was. Crazy. It, it felt like it was Sunday night baseball. Like, 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 like it felt like it was going to be insane, which it was. It, which it, it was. was. It was crazy. It was
1: you know, you mentioned the A's. Obviously, you, you played for the A's and were the Diamond Dreams athletics. Yeah. What's your take on the A's move to Las Vegas?
2: You know, uh, for a, a little bit of me, is a little bit disappointed because I felt like something could have been done uh, for, for not, not just now, I think even like 10, 15 years ago in, in Oakland. Um, with ownership, I felt like ownership there was, was a little bit different. Um, I, I, I always felt like the fans there, 12,000 fans there felt like 20, 25,000 fans there. They were, they were real. They watched a lot of people watch the games on TV. there. kind of like, it's funny to say that it reminds me not to an extent, but the, the, the fan base here in Miami, like the Martins, I'm sorry, but I go to like my aunt's house and the Martins games on you know, on, on any given day. Like, I go to my friend's house, the Marlins game's on in the summer, right? Like, that's just how it we watch the Marlins game. We don't, may not go to the stadium, but we're watching. Like, we know right. every player that's right. there. We we listen to the same broadcasters every day. We know who's doing well that week, who's not. Like, we all know they're, they're starting five, right? Whoever there is. We knew the hunt for Luis Arise. Everybody was on. Like, everybody was right. watching. Like, all right, did he get a hit today? Right. Everybody in Miami was, like, loving it, right? Because I do feel like, in an essence... Everybody knows sports here, and everybody has an opinion. That's just the reality of right. Miami. You know, you're gonna like you may not be watching basketball year. The finals come around, everybody knows everybody. The finals, but, but who's the starting <laughs> five. Yep. you know what I'm saying. So like for me, like that's that's Miami, but that's also Oakland. People people watch the game of baseball there, and they understand it. And it, it's kind of it's bad in that sen- in that sense. But I think in Vegas, man, that's gonna be electric. I think free agents are gonna want to go there. Um, tax
1: purposes the, is going to be they're a, squeezing that parking a little tight oh, yeah. they're, they're making it but fit I think like it's going to be fun like I think it's going to be cool. like, Next cool. like Next I think I think the LGM are they yeah, going to keep the name Las Vegas Athletics I don't know if that hasn't I don't know if that's oh, been man. discussed just yet I, hope I don't know they if do. the colors are going to be the same I think I they, I hope they, they have do, to I, mean, that's I will oh. tell you one thing They're going to have
2: Like machines In the yeah. <laughs> in But they got They
1: got to keep that green They got to keep that all I white I would think I mean I they love gotta wearing They got to keep the, it I
2: will, Look I wore green. How are we going to have A big old. league
1: team Not the athletics
2: the white no, it, shoes for me was the one that did it. The white shoes. <laughs> for me, like I mean, I listen, I
1: fell in love with the athletics with the Cansego McGuire with yeah, the long the same hair. Same. Cansego, the white uniform yep. with the white shoes. Like that to me. Ricky Henderson. You know, Dave but I, I cannot imagine uh, yeah. another athletics. The Oakland thing bothers me. I, I'm, I'm with you. I remember Man, this? Pre- this precedes
0: Oakland. I mean, it started in Philadelphia. It could be. Philadelphia I mean, Athletics. Some, I think it'll stay. To
1: it, but, but Las Vegas the A's, like your cards, like you know, like I like, the and, I, I, yeah. I like
2: the A's. I do. I like the A's. I always felt like the A's was great. Speaking of the A's, people don't know this about the A's, but we traveled very well. Did you? Yeah. Like nobody knows this, and I'm, I'm gonna let like secret out. <laughs> like, <laughs> like people think that playing for Oakland is is. is you know, not a great, like, situation, old stadium, old locker rooms, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you something, man. Like, the field there, prestige, one of the best playing fields in all of baseball. Like, the ground screw there was incredible. The lights were awesome. The fans, whatever you would get, you were going to get them. But the travel, though. So, we had a deal with the Mavericks basketball team. So, we used their plane. So, we oh. had a custom plane. Think about it. All these guys are six five, seven 7 foot talls. You got baseball players that are like six feet, six two. So we were getting these seats that were like couches. So you had couches, and then you had to stay in the uh, hotels that were by the Mavericks. So you were staying in like Four Seasons, the Ritz, all these like beautiful places. Awesome. So eighty one games you felt like a rockstar, well. and then you had the other 81 games, you're kind of grinding a little bit, but it was great. Playing there was incredible. I mean, you're, you had Napa an hour and a half away. Right. Like, that's where oh, America, I, love I love Napa. Like you were, you were an hour 15 away, man. Yeah. Like you had an off day,
1: you were
0: amazing booking. weather. I'm, I'm, I'm going, yeah. I'm going back in July to Napa. Oh,
1: amazing <laughs> weather, you know. I love to Napa. Yeah.
0: <laughs> with, with Oakland, you know, um, and I was just watching it again the other day, aside from, us as Cubans, you know, growing up with the whole Canseco thing and McGuire and mm-hmm. all that, um, you know, obviously Oakland made headlines for years with Moneyball, mm-hmm. you know, the that that Billy Bean approach and the way that they approach the game, and we see we see other teams trying to emulate that now. You know, for some teams it doesn't go so great, for some teams like like Tampa Bay, it, it has gone great, mm-hmm. you know. Talk about the way that some teams position themselves, like in that in that Moneyball aspect versus yeah. teams that spend a lot. Because Mike alluded to Arizona, yeah, you know, it was a bunch of guys who just good played question. baseball and did very well.
2: I, I think that's a, a very very good question, and and a question that it, it has, you know, thirty one different answers. Right, thirty one different teams. Some teams do it well, some teams don't. Some teams depend on it, you know, 90, 95% of the of their games. Some other teams only kind of see it about 20 to 30%. Like I love the fact that the Rangers won with a Bruce Bochy manager and a GM that was a former player. Both brilliant guys. Both used analytics very well, but they didn't depend on analytics. Right. I enjoyed that. Like I enjoyed the fact that A team, Dusty Baker. Like, people think Dusty Baker just manages, all right, hey, we're going to go play a softball game. I remember watching Dusty Baker. He was my first manager in the big leagues. And he had, you know, a cheat sheet? Like, you were about to cheat on a test, and you had, I I don't want people to cheat on tests, but (laughs) but it felt like the handwriting was, like, the smallest handwriting, and it was all handwritten. And he had about, like, 20 of those. And he had them everywhere, everywhere stacked up, like, taped everywhere. And it was all from the analytics department and what he would research and his history of players and guys and teams. And then he would go with his gut as prepared as he was. And you, you look at Dustin, you say, wow, he's, he's an old school manager. He's not. He is, he's, he's every manager. He's a prepared manager. He uses analytics just as well as, you know, like he wouldn't have me go, pin- when I first came up, he wouldn't have me go pinch hit just for the hell of it because I was their best bat off the bench. He wouldn't do that. You know, he would have his guys, Miguel Cairo, myself, Juan Francisco, Chop Frazier. And he would have me have spot starts on guys that he felt like, you know, this guy is a singer baller that Yonder likes going the other way. This is tailor-made for Yonder Alonso. Now, if it's a guy that's throwing 97, 98, maybe it was a guy more for like Juan Francisco who likes to pull the ball and get the head out. So he was a very prepared coach. And I think right now – we're getting in the midst of that balance. You know, for a while there, it was just, like, straight analytics. Like, it was, dude, it was. It was bad. It was real. Yeah, it was, it was bad. I, I I lost the love of baseball because of it. And I think that now it's getting back into that, kind of that balance. Because they are, there. there is more athletic guys that can do all these things. So, it becomes more like that. There's I mean, not one-dimensional guys anymore. Right. It's a right. little
1: bit of everything, so I enjoy that. I remember with this analytics thing, there were times that, like, I think Snell got taken out one time with like seventy-one inning. pitches. Yes, yeah. And it's like Sixth you inning. just got the you World just started looking good, and they lost yeah. the game. Yeah, yeah. Like, like and that's yeah. when I think, and I, and, I, and I love what you said there. I never thought of it like that—that that you use the analytics as part of your preparation for your decision making that comes with what you feel, kind of. You, you got, know what I mean? I, I
2: think the best guy that does it in today's game is Alex Cora. I think he is our Bill Belichick of today's game. He is our, like, Pat Riley of today's game. And it's high praises, but, dude, you sit down with that dude for, for an hour, and you go over, I've done games where I'm doing the showcase game, and I just sit, me and him, because Miami ties, and I just, I, I just I love just hanging out with him as a friend. And we just start going over, like, just just things that are happening. The everyday, you know, everything, from spring training to wherever we're at, and then looking forward to it. And he can dissect every little single thing that's happening. But yet people have no idea like that he manages and his wheel is running, like sprinting daily, but he's so prepared. He's so aware of what's happening. He is like, if not one of the best managers in today's game. And, and I think it's because he uses analytics to, to a degree, but then he also uses the game of baseball and what he's been through to another degree. So I, I think we're, what I'm trying to say is we're going to see more managers that were players more than managers that were just, like, coming from the analytics department, which was – it was where it was heading. You know, I think we're going to see more of those old school – like, I would love to see Carlos Baltron manage, Posada manage. Like, I would like to see Oof. those guys. I'd like to see Yadier Molina <laughs> <just like laughs> manage Yadi at some Molina point. You know? Yes. Like, yeah. I, I want to see those guys manage because I think, first of all, if you're a catcher after you're done playing, that is your only job is to manage. Like, I would spend, you know, whatever it is if I'm an owner because they've seen it all. And they can they can know how to use a bullpen and all that stuff. So the next guy will be more of a guy that was that's done it all right. Has been a utility player, a bench player, starter, an all star, like stuff like that. I think would also work, kind of like what Alex Cora was.
1: Right. So Torrey Lovallo, the manager of Arizona, he was my Austin manager guy. in Columbus Red Sticks in o yep. two, and then Kinston Indians in o three, yep. and that's the player he was. He was that's up and was. down for about six, down. seven, eight years. Correct. You know, had to grind it out, like constantly being traded. And he had to stick with it. And that's why he's such a good manager. Yep, he can like, relate. He's so good. He you know, I remember just little conversations with him, you know, in any little instant. And that was just him getting started because yeah. that was his first year managing. It was 02. Um, How cool is mean, it so to good. have a
2: manager that kind of understands your body? Oh, so good. You know, like, I, I was lucky. I had Dusty Baker was my first manager. Then I went to Bud Black, who's been around the game. Yep. God, he's yeah. he's, he's, un- he's going to have a statue at some point. And then from there, I went to Bob Melvin. And then from right there, I went to Tito Francona. And then from there, I went back to Bob Melvin, uh, to Buddy Black. And then I had Snit from the Braves. Wow. So, like, like I've had them all, but I've had really good managers. Like, Tito was incredible. Different, but incredible. Buddy was awesome, but different as well. Bob was a catcher who had seen it all. So, it was like a little bit of, of everything. Yeah, even trickling
1: it down to Miami, you know. You know Jim. You had, I mean, Jim
2: enough. Morris was... He just got indi- put into the uh, Hall of Fame for yeah. the, the College Baseball Hall of Fame. I mean, that's that's incredible.
1: No,
0: that's uh, that's all big time, man. And it's uh, you know the the different approach of managers and all that. It's fascinating to watch, mm-hmm. and it's fascinating to watch the way the the game has has evolved, right? Yeah. Because like like Mike was saying, you know, th- there's there's some games that you you you're watching and, and you're like, why the hell are they taking out oh, yeah, this yeah, pitcher? Yeah, yeah. This all guy's throwing a, I'm, I'm a gem.
2: I'm in the World Series, and, and this year I saw Merrill Kelly get pulled in the six and two hits, like 80 pitches. And I'm going like, dude, it, what are we what? doing here? Like, we, we, we got to play the long game here. This got to go seven games. You know, it can't go five. It can't go six. You know, it, we got to play the long game here. And see, like one team did it, and then another team did it. And then that you – can, you can feel it. You can feel that the Diamondbacks just – they ran out of pitching. They, they really just did. They ran out of pitching. They had no pitching. All, all season, we were thinking in the trade deadline, you got to go get pitching. You got to go get pitching. They go get seawall. They're closer. But other than that, they didn't get anybody else. They
1: signed someone now this offseason. They, they they're going to. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. they're starting so. to
2: like, hey, you need pitching, man. Yeah. No matter what. Like, and that's, that's the fun thing about like Little League and, and high school and all that. The game is coming down once again to pitching and defense. Win two games. It, it's always has been like that. Always. It, it might've been, there was a smoke in the, in the area where it was like the three run Homer and the, the pitcher that can strike out 18 guys. But at the end of the day, you gotta be able to go long into games, give it to your bullpen. You can win, you know, a three to one ball game, ACE against ACE, because it's going to be a, a steal, a two out hit. No, don't walk people. Don't walk anybody <laughs> and like it, it's kind of, you're going to win a game. Exactly. Steal a game. That's how exactly. you do it. You steal a game.
0: And speaking of that, like let's say a three to one win or something like that. You mentioned Luis Arias earlier, and 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 Mike knows this because we we both love the guy. Mm-hmm. It was such a such a joy watching this guy play yeah. this year in Miami, just him standing out there getting the ball like he's like he Mind's said, like you know, in, be, in between third and short, yeah. it, you know, just it, it was like a masterclass of hitting. I grew up watching Tony Gwynn and yeah. and Wade Boggs yeah, yeah. and Don Mattingly. Were tremendous hitters. I appreciated watching through the years, like How Morris or Sean Casey. Sean Casey's a humongous guy, yeah. but he was a, a contact guy. Line even even Frank Thomas. He was a
2: line Frank, to line too.
0: Frank Frank Thomas is a huge guy, over five hundred home runs. Great. Frank Thomas was a, a, a like a master hitter. Yeah. Do you think that approach is is starting to make a, a bit of a return? Because I I told the story to to Mike. My mom's cousin comes from Cuba a couple of years ago. His name is like me, Ar- Ar- Armando. They call him Armandito. Armandito calls me, and he's like, Oye, Armando, eh, que do un juego los Marlins. Vamos, vamos a juego. It was the last game of the season, I think, or two games before the last game of the season. And he's like, you know, I'm enseñándolo la pantalla. Oh, you know, los the averages. And he's looking at the averages, and he goes... Tú me estás diciendo que este está batiendo 150, este está batiendo 220. No hay nadie aquí batiendo 300. There's nobody here hitting 300. <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> was the game it was
2: very hard. I, I mean, yeah. let's be honest. Like the the league average right now is like a 246.
1: Yeah. There's only nine guys that's over 300 this yeah, year. I mean, yeah. hard, I mean, It's hard. It's hard. You know? are
2: throwing 100 now. The analytics with with pitching, I think if anything, analytics is going down that road, right? The pitching road the spin rate, you know, how much your, your vertical angles and, and things like that where they can dissect. The good pitching coaches can dissect a swing, not a pitcher. They can dissect the swing that will work against that in the pitching department. That, that's all it is. You have a stable of different horses, right? You, you don't have, you know, 12 guys in the bullpen that are all Seabiscuit. right? No, you, you got to have different styles of races that can go win you the biggest race of that night which like could be that. a seventh inning guy or an eighth inning guy. Like maybe the ninth inning is I'm going to leave Seabiscuit for the eighth inning because those are the three horses that are coming from their side, right? Lindor, Pete Alonso, and somebody else. Well, I, I need my horse. Right. This is the guy that's going to win me that battle. And then the ninth inning, it's a lower tandem of a lineup, and I can go with a different guy. So that's what's happening now in today's game when it comes to analytics. But, yeah, it, it's, so it's, it's all hard, matchup. It's, it's hard to hit 280. Yeah. Like, I'm happy that I look at my career average and it's like at two sixty to seventy something somewhere around there. I'm like, I all mean, right, that's, that's, mean, that's You battled, dude. I you like competed, you grind,ed dude.
0: And but how much is that? You know, from back then, that there was a bunch of guys sitting over three hundred. What's the difference? Is it is it the, the pitching? pitching that has gotta be. Think, no,
2: I think the pitching. 100. percent I think the pitching is just nasty. Uh, I also think that the defensive alignments were a huge deal. Oh yeah, that dude, that, that crushed me. Like, they they were just because you're like, oh, why can't you hit the ball the other way? Okay, hold on. It's not that easy, right? (laughs) They're they're throwing you two seamers (laughs) in with cutters in, change-ups off the plate with more cutters up and in at you. There's only one way to go, right? Like, if if you can either get off the plate, but then they're going to come more in on you, right? And then you got to battle that chance of it could be a ball, it could be a strike. You also have a human behind the plate. It's not like you have a a robot. So you're dealing with a lot of factors that are going in that day. And at the end of the day, too, is you don't feel 100% every day. Like I, I, I tell guys all the time. Like I, I played through eight surgeries in my career. Do you think every day I was like a hundred? No. There wasn't one day I was. I would go into my first game of spring training and I wasn't hundred percent. A nail hurt, a tooth hurt, a headache. I had a headache from all day in Arizona. Like it, it is what it is.
1: And and that is something that the analytics won't tell you.
2: No. Well, that was no. my fight in Oakland. My fight in <clears throat> Oakland was. I would go into a, the the. I would go into the manager's meet. Like I think it was probably like I shouldn't have done it as much. But I would go in there, if, if I wasn't playing one day, I would go in there, and Bob Melvin was great. He had no filter. He would tell me, like, hey, look, analytics says this. See, yeah, but analytics can't measure heart. And, and today I feel really good. It's a 1 o'clock game, half the team's sleeping, and I'm ready to rock and roll. Like, I can go get three hits today. Today I can get three hits. You know, just because I may have lined out five or six times off a pitcher, it says you're 0 for 6, yeah, but yeah. I, I, I had three two counts, and I lined out three times. Yeah. Like, I see this guy really well. Yeah.
1: You know, one thing that I that I see a lot, too, is, um you know, Derek Dietrich, who was with the Marlins. Yeah, you know, Derek I knew Dietrich. him knew him very, very yeah, well. And um he was a guy that, that was very platoonish. You know what I mean? But there were times where he was really hot. Yeah. There were times where that guy was electric, yeah. on fire, and he would go three for three, four for four, and the next day, because it's a lefty, Right, And to me, like, he's probably seeing it well. Yeah, Like, let him just put the barrel on yeah. it. I think, I think the, the, the
2: veteran managers, and I think some of these managers that are kind of coming in now, too, are, are getting a little bit more power to dissect their lineup and, and put whatever they feel. And I'll, you'll see a lot of that where he's hit the ball well, he's in there against a tough lefty or something like that. I think you are seeing more of that. I think we're going to see even more of that as well as much as I think we're, we're not done seeing like I have predicted it and, I, and I'll say it here again, I'll predict this again, but like this year, there's going to be multiple guys with 40, 40 seasons. Like I can see another guy like Acuna doing it again. I can see Julio Rodriguez doing it. Like I can see Mookie doing it. I can see Tatis doing it. Like there's this game this year, like the whole stealing and all that dude, 40 bags. It's not, it's not out of the reach and the ball's jumping.
1: Right. But are we attributing the more stolen bases just because of the talent? Or is the difference in the size of the bag really, really like that big of a deal?
2: I don't think it's neither. I don't no. think it's neither. I think it's the clock. The clock is the reason. Because when you're, you have a clock, when you're taking a lead, the clock is in front of you with the pitcher. So when you're seeing three, two, one, mm. he ain't coming over after he picked over once already. So I can take a half a step more.
1: Mm. I can make my jump
2: off of that. It has nothing to do with the bag. The bag are, is only an inch. Yeah. Like people are bright. think the bag is like a pizza box. Yeah, it looks <laughs> like a pizza box, but it's not an XL pizza box. It's a small pizza box. It's, like it's small.
1: And also with the rules on the amount of times you can pick off, you kind of can guess correctly. You can guess, like I'm
2: going here. Right? If, it's, if you've picked up once, you picked at me once, and let's say it's a one-two count, more than that, you're not picking at me again. And then if I'm seeing that you're holding, 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 and it says 3, 2, 1, and, you're going. and I got some speed in me, See ya. I'm riding. Like, I'm going. So, I think that's what's happening. I think it's more the clock and the actual rule of the game, which is, like, you can pick over as many times for me to go. The First-base coaches are incredible nowadays. These guys are, as much as, like, the hitting coaches are great, the pitching coaches are great, first-base coach is incredible. He he watches video all day long on pitchers. So he knows when to go. If his elbow just hits or whatever. So if he looks up one time, then you can go as a freebie. He picks only on the way down or he picks on the way up. Like these guys got it down to a T.
1: It's amazing because you never think about you always think about the third base coach. I'm no. telling you, oh, that's the guy, first that's the guy, coach. that's the guy. But you're the first base coach. First base coaches, you look in the big
2: leagues and they'll be with a team for 10, 12, 13, 14 years. There's a reason why. Like because they're really good at what they do. They always have two or three guys with 20, 25, 30 stolen bases. I guarantee you those 30 stolen bases are not because the guy is really, really Ooh. talented. John he Jay. needs help. Yeah. John He's Jay. Guys. Yeah. He needs guys that are going to help him. You know, so a lot has to do with the first base coach too.
0: Nice. Yonder, you know, the the time goes by so quick, and we have so, so much that we wanted to uh, <laughs> to ahead. ask you. Um, Shohei Otani, mm-hmm. the, the unicorn. You know, we spent, I think, most of our – podcast episodes talking about Shohei yeah. Otani and where where he was gonna end up obviously you know the the Dodgers the money the deferred money yeah. uh talk about that whole situation because yeah. you know we obviously he, he's getting paid pretty much what he deserves to get paid as a as a yeah. two-way unicorn like we've said right yeah. I mean the guy's amazing uh but that that deferment, also, you know what the Dodgers are doing. I mean, they're they're playing within the rules, so it's smart. Yeah, it's uh, but what what do you think of, about think, what think they a did? A
2: lot of a lot of teams do a lot of the deferments. I think that's the normal thing. I don't know, no team's ever done it for that's that 60. amount, right. right? No, no teams <laughs> like sixty-eight a year, right? So, so there's something that they're seeing, right? The Dodgers are seeing we have a ten-year window. We have a ten-year window to win as many games as possible. And what happens down the line, we, we shall
1: see. We'll figure it out. We'll
2: figure it out, right? As we all know, like, capital income goes up and down daily, right? That money is going to be in an interest fund getting interest off that money, right? So the Dodgers are making interest off that. Mm-hmm. With that being said, I think what Otani did is he wanted to go to a place, weather was a huge deal for him, right? He wanted to be in a place where he was going to pitch and it wasn't going to be 20 degrees or it wasn't going to be 95 degrees, Right. Why? Why does he do that? Stability conditions of your body. Like you can play when you're older at 38, 39 in everyday 72, 73 degree weather. It's very hard, and it takes a toll on your body. When April and May, it's 15 to 20 degrees, and then in July is 95 with 80 percent, 90 percent humidity. That's tough to play yeah, because you're play. facing like a roller coaster daily. Right. So your body goes, your bones go through, a, your tendons go through it through a situation. So his place was always going to be somewhere where it was going to be either in a roof or it was going to be in a place in the West Coast. That was the, the reality of it. And now, when it comes to Otani and what he does outside the field with New Balance and all the things he's got going on, he's an international player. Like, this guy is a player we've never seen before because he's from Japan. So what he does in Japan for the people there, what he does in California for for the Asian community there is crazy. crazy. Like, like, the t- TV channels. I mean, there's people that literally had to move their families from Anaheim, where they're at, you know, an hour north to LA. Like kids had to be moved from that school. People don't realize that he carries a load of of cast everywhere that they go because Japan TVs and all 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 the channels there, they broadcast all their stuff that's happening with him. So it's not just him that you're signing it's a whole community that you're signing. It's yeah. a whole country that you're signing. And I'm so sure he's going
1: to do 50, 60 million a year on, on endorsements. Oh, he does, sure oh, he does very well you know.
2: with new balance. He does very well with all this, the stuff that he's got going on outside of, of new balance. He he's making, if not the same amount that he will be making in a year. Right. So yeah. he's going to be fine. And I think for him, it also gives him a, a, a chance to bring his buddy back, right? Brings, brings the dude back that he played with him, the WBC. He's going to be incredible for them. And then on top of that, now, all of a sudden, you you f- put flexibility, right? You can go get to Oscar Hernandez, yeah. right? You can go re-sign another dude. You can go get your guy.
1: You they can go make some Tampa moves Bay, in the trade right? deadline. Tampa Bay, Gley, uh, they signed the pitcher. Yeah, Gla- Glass, 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 Tyler Glass, Glass, now Yeah,
2: Glass now You trade for him. You, you go make a trade for him. Dude, the Dodgers are just, and and, it, and it's I'm really intrigued how it's going to go this year for them because, and I always say this all the time, like, and people kind of look at me sideways when I say it, but then they start thinking about it and they say it. It's much harder to win when you're expected to win. And it's a lot easier to win when you're like the Cincinnati Reds who were. Arizona. They're going to lose 95 games. The Arizona Diamondbacks. They're going to lose mm-hmm. 90 games. They're not going to be a factor in this division. The or, Texas or, the, Rangers, or the Braves
1: are yeah. going to win it all. The Braves are going to win it so all. Listen, like, as far it's very hard, yeah. man. It's very yeah. hard. The Dodgers figured out a way to get the best player in baseball for basically no money for the next ten years. Smart. Let's bucks. win now. Let's get some guys yeah. and let's win it. Yeah, you know, and, and long term, and then figure it out later. Figure it out figure later. Figure it out later. Yeah. But but they're going to bring in so much capital with this guy Oof. that I don't think it's going to matter. Well, oh. and, and you you know mentioned I mean? about, but break- the uh, the last thing I'm sorry, on Dito, really quick. Nothing guarantees the winning in October. No, man, you don't buy. Look at the Braves. You can
2: spend as much money as possible. Look at the Padres. Stacked. You don't buy your way to the World Series. Now, you can buy your way to the postseason. doesn't guarantee you that you can buy your way to the World Series. That's two different things. And I always say this, too. You don't lose a division in April, but you can get out of winning a division in April. So, all these new cats that are coming into a roster, you got to gel quick. Like you got to joke quick because you, you can't get off to a, you know, 12 and 17 start. No, like that ain't happening. No, like it's got to be, you know, crazy, like 12 and eight, you know, something like that. Two off days there. Like it's got to be something like that right. for them to like, all right, we hit the gas and like, here we go. That's what happened to the Padres. They got off to a terrible start and they couldn't kind of recoup. And it's always the excuse. We got time. We got time. We got time. August comes around, and you ain't got no more time. Yeah, you,
1: you got time, but the people around you are, are flooring it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Winning, so man. it's, you know. The,
2: the, the, the division, the scheduling, the schedule, The you know, what happened with this year's scheduling, where everybody plays everybody, that was a huge factor because, like, the Padres don't get to play, you know, the Giants. They don't get to play the Diamondbacks 18 times, 19 times. They don't get, That doesn't happen anymore. So you can't feast on the Rockies, per se. Like, you have to go and play the rest of the group's, and win ball games.
1: And more fair.
2: Every day is a you Super Bowl know? game, and that's how a ball player sees it now, or a team sees it. You have three games in a Super Bowl, and you got to
1: win two out of three. Yeah, and we see it all the time where where teams are left out by one game or half a game at the end right. of the day. That and and in sometimes, April. and sometimes that that game that you needed that you blew or whatever could have been in the first week of the season. Correct. They were like, man, like I fucking that. blew and the quick. game, man." So it happens, it and is, it was a hundred. 100- 50 games ago. Yes. And that's the game that Correct. you kind of go back to. Correct. It's wild. Wild, man. Love baseball. Wild. wild. Baseball's the best. Yeah. yeah. No, and, so and, I,
0: and I think October baseball, to me, from playoffs, it's
1: it's a, it's, no, an it's another, another level. level. I, I love different. it. Yeah, it's yeah, another level. Yeah. Did yeah. you play in the playoffs, Yeah, any? I played
2: once. I was lucky to play once. I mean, it was, we got. With, with who? When? I was with the uh, Cleveland Indians. Okay. That was uh, your last couple years, right? 2018, okay. yeah. 2018 had a great year that year. That was obviously the Houston scandal that year in 2018, mm-hmm. where dude, we went in there and it was like, We're gonna get mopped up. Like we knew. And like we were like, We're we're gonna get mopped. We're gonna get crushed here. And it was, dude, we had a we had an incredible pitching staff. I mean, we had Kluber day one. Orozco, who was nasty. Bauer, who was throwing a hunch. You had Lindor we at short. Sh- was Lindor. Josh Donaldson at third. Jose Ramirez at second. I was wow. playing first. The home run, oh I remember. So we had Encarnacion was our DH. We had 400-plus homers. I mean, we were stacked, bro. We had Michael Brantley in left field.
1: That was a series. That was.
2: Yeah, but not really. Yeah. We got swept. We got swept. The first game, uh, I think... Then Lindor
1: they hit a home run late or something in one of those games no. to...
2: Every game was an, an ass kicking. Like <laughs> it, we we go up two nothing, like in the second inning or third inning, and from there on, it was like we lose the first game like eight to five, eight to four. Second game, not great. And then the Third game, we got blown <laughs> out. We it got it blown out. out. And it was like, how in the world? I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, like they were doing their thing. What do you think's gonna
1: happen with the Bauer situation? Is he gonna, someone gonna sign him? I don't know, or? man. It's
2: it's an interesting situation. I think that. Look, he's done very well in Japan. Like he, he was like one of their top guys. I think what they're going to get. He was my teammate. I think what they're going to get if they do sign a guy is a guy who's going to have a great demeanor. I, I think he's a great teammate. He's going to show up early every day. He's going to work his butt. He's he is the 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 one guy that I saw that really was ahead of his game. Like he was three or four years ahead of like technology when it comes to pitchers. when I was always very intrigued about it. He didn't miss one inning of the season. So he wasn't a guy that was like, oh, it's not my day to pitch today. I'm going to be in the clubhouse. Nope. Nope. Cheering his guys off. If you ran hard to first base, he would dab you up and say, hey, you ran hard. I like that hustle. He was a guy that was very engaged with all his teammates, where a lot of times pitchers, starting pitchers aren't really engaged. And he was also a guy that I saw get stronger throughout the year, which was very rare to see. He, he as much as the the season wears and tears on you, he was a guy that he was squatting heavier in September than he was in April. And I thought that was like he was ahead of his time. And it shows his velocity is there. He's still throwing 98 to 100. I, he's got that nasty slider. He, he's a weapon. Like he's a weapon. And whoever gets him, they're, they're going to have to deal with some some stuff. Off, yeah. Outside of the field, but I think his arm
1: is there. Yonder, yeah, I don't get it, why he's not signed yet. Like, you know, I'm just, you know, he had his situation, I get it. He had to do the whole lawyer thing and stuff. But yeah. but I, I just, you know, I think I think he's an amazing talent. And I yeah. think it's going to suck, like, if we don't see this guy in the big leagues. Because Marlon signed this guy, and you get one, two, a good one, two with this kid Yuti, or, or I think Bauer can really give somebody that's maybe not there yet, they could put them there. Or at least can. get them in there. I've seen a few you know? games. I've
2: seen a few games from him in Japan, and I mean, it, his stuff is 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 crisp. Man, it is jumpy. I, I love to see his fastball. I, I I enjoyed facing him. He was one of those guys that I enjoy facing because he came after you, and he would let you know he would come after you. But his stuff is his stuff is real. His stuff is there.
1: I think he can change. He can.
2: Oh, he can. He can. He's a number one. I mean, he's a top of the line. He's a top of the line guy. He's I a hope one somebody
1: two, signs him. I would love to see him two. down. Here. I'd love to see him. You <laughs> yeah, know, M- some, Miami which, would be a great know? spot for him because you can I mean. sign him for cheap. I'm sure right now, right? Yeah, or? I think
2: Miami. I, I think you can. I think minimum. Um, and I think Miami would be a great spot. I mean, this is a great pitcher. One spot. year deal? It's A one man. year deal? Come out? Why not? You know? But you yeah, know? I, I think whoever gets him is going to have a dude that's going to, you know, he he's going to understand what comes with it, right? And I think the team needs to understand what comes with it. Right. But with that being said, I think he's going to be an electric teammate, and he's going to bring it.
0: Oh, I mean, I would love to see him down here. I, I I think the the team had a you know good dynamic last year. There's a lot of rumors about Lozardo possibly being traded. Yeah, I know Boston you know keeps getting mentioned because they have like three yeah, or everybody, four, everybody wants three Lizardo, three or four Who kids, want and, the, and the Red Sox well, you know three or four kids in the in the minors that are shortstops. That's something that the Marlins need. Are, are the Marlins going to make any moves? Because I, I feel like they they weren't well, that. Far off, uh, but, you know, they, they haven't really made made a dent I'll, yet. I'll
2: say this. Just because you don't make a move doesn't mean that you're not making moves. Like, your best moves could be not making a move. So, if you were not that far off, why don't, that was a good developing year for you. I mean, they, they got a guy like Jake Berger who was incredible for them. I, I still think they need a guy like maybe resigning against Soler or maybe resigning right. one of these poppers because you, you are going to need at some point the bopper like you can't continue to win one run games no. without the, the big bopper right the two run homers and the three run homers that are going to get you back into games or going to put you know the, the the chess match over you need that but they're also not not that far off where the talent that they have right like you can make those moves in July I mean you can, you can make them in July you can make them in spring training you can make a trade whenever you want so I think Sometimes, and I tell this to GMs and everything, and I learned this from Adrian Perler, and he, he told me, he's like, sometimes the best move is the one that you don't make. Like, we don't need to go. I remember when the Tati suspension, everybody wanted Tati. The time is now. Trade Tatis now. Why? For what? Like, there's no need for that. You know, right now, like, there's people talking about all these trades, like, Jazz Chisholm, you know, he, he might get traded. Why? He was hurt. He hit almost 30 homers, yep. almost stole 30 bags. You have a weapon in center field that decided to play center field his first year, like he never played center field and he was pretty much a gold glover. You have a, you have an absolute weapon there. Yeah. yeah you, so don't you don't trade them. You don't trade them. You don't trade those guys. If, if anything, you continue the process. And I still think they're not that far off. No, you know,
1: those memes come up and the Marlins logo, only team that hasn't Dude, made a move and everybody starts.
0: Another reason to sign Bauer is because they won't have Sandy this year and I, and i think ba- oh, i yeah, think bauer i think bauer would be amazing dudes, here man
2: they got dudes coming back too yeah. they got they got dudes in, the marlins have dudes in triple a that, that that are nasty like they they got they got guys
0: Eury perez was yuri amazing was, i man. remember watching yuri wow.
2: i remember watching yuri in the futures game and i i know the guy that that uh signed him adrian lorenzo and called adrian and he's like dude i got this kid he's going to maybe go to the futures game this year but wait till you see him. Sends me some video. And I was like, this is the next Sandy Alcantara. And he's like, yeah, but nobody even knows him. And sure enough, the Futures game, I'm doing the Futures game, the play-by-play. And here we are. Like, And they asked me about who's the guy that you most like to see here. I said, Yuri Perez. Like, this is the dude. Guarantee you this guy could win a Cy Young. Like, he is going to be top two, top three. Could win rookie of the year next year. Sure enough, comes up to the big leagues. And everybody's, like, in love with this kid personality is great his work ethic is incredible a good kid listens which is important even in a little league age all the way to the big leagues like you have to be able to listen you have to be able to be coachable if you're not coachable you'll never get anywhere
1: will he start in the big leagues this year will he like be there from day one and he'll be our ace or
2: look i I, you take your pick i I think Lozardo has earned that but again i mean it's wherever they want to go i think you have the manager of the year there. It's not yeah. like the guy doesn't know how to make moves, right? Like the guy knows what he's doing. So right. wherever it goes, it's going to be a one-two punch. You already have a one-two punch, you know. You have Lozardo, and you have that dude. And don't worry about don't don't. Let's not forget about Cabrera. Like that's yeah, yeah, he's, he's great. great.
1: So man, I want baseball to start already. Same. I <laughs> got that
2: lefty too. The 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 lefty. The man. He reminds me of uh like a like a oh, not a Jamie Moore, but he he's I, I can't oh, remember. Oh, Trevor Rogers. Rogers, Trevor Rogers. Yeah. like dude, he's, he's,
0: he's people forget. I mean, he's been he's been injured, but but dude, man, he was phenomenal. You know, Mike and I talk about baseball cards and stuff. I remember after one of his seasons, I, I went out and bought a lot of his rookie cards. You know, signed, <laughs> graded. He's he's really Kid, kid's a good pitcher. Yeah. And you know, before we go, Yan- Yankees, they make the the big move for for Juan so- Soto. Uh, Marcus Stroman, I I, I think he's uh, a dog, a man. He's a dog. I mean, he goes out there and he's like, he, he's awesome. Uh, I what I, a dude. I love him.
2: What a what a what a. I, I think that was, if anything, that was the steal of the uh, of the free agency. Is it, getting a guy like Marcus Stroman. I think he ultimately decided where he wanted to go. Yeah. Which doesn't really happen, like right? You a lot of players. Like I was a free agent and I really didn't decide where I wanted to go. It was all right. the Highest bitter. This is where we're at. This is where we're going, you know. And he wanted to be in New York. Like he wanted to be there. He wanted to help the Yankees. He he he's unbelievable. He's a ground ball guy. He's a dog. He's a great teammate. He's home. All the things that you want to like talk about, Marcus Stroman. That's him. He's him. He is going to help out that young core of group that's coming up. He's going to help him out immensely. And I think he's going to be. He's that guy that. The jersey is not heavy on him. Like, he's going to wear that that Yankees jersey, and it's going to be like, I represent this. Like, this is who I am, right? Like, the Miami stuff that right. we talked about. Right. Marcus Stroman, like, you see him in a Yankee uniform, and you can, like, there's guys that you can visual a Yankee uniform, and you're like, yeah, that kind of fits him well. And then there's other guys you're like, eh, Yeah, I'm not sure that. about that. I don't know if that Yankee uniform really fits him. He's a guy that you look at, you're like, man, this dude's, like, fit it fits. Belongs here. So I'm just like, I'm excited for it. I I think finally, they have now like one, two, three, right? They have Nestor, they have Marcus, and then they got obviously the best pitcher in in, in our game or I wouldn't say generation, but our game and Garrett Cole, like he, that dude is bro. I remember watching, I remember facing him in Pittsburgh. I remember facing him in Houston and I remember facing him in New York. So I, I got all three stages of Garrett Cole and Garako in Pittsburgh was a two seamer guy with a changeup, a little baby cutter. Hit him well. Goes to Houston, up and in fastballs, nasty slider with a hook. Didn't hit him too well. Go to New York and it's straight. I'm just better than you. I'm going to challenge you now. And it was dotting fastballs. Like he would just dot fastballs down in a way where I can't do anything. And he would come up and in on me to get me off the down in a way for me to dive. And it was just, this dude is just nasty. Like I, he was one of those guys that you. You go up to that day, and you wake up in the morning. And you're like, "Damn, scary!" <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, this is, this is this is a vulture. Like, if I can get a walk today, top three for
1: I'm, you and like, toughest pitchers that you faced, or is there,
2: um, boy, there's a lot of guys. I mean, shit, I can't curse. But there's there's a ton of guys that
1: you can curse. Is good. But
2: I mean, I think. Look, I think Verlander's up there. I think Verlander's nasty. Um, yeah, he he's Kershaw's up there uh, with one of the best. I mean, guys that I faced a lot. Tim Tim Lincecum no hit us twice in San Diego. Tim Lincecum, Tim Lincecum, the, the freak, the out. freak, he was he so good, it's just, so you good. You couldn't realize, oh you couldn't, you couldn't understand when you faced him. I remember facing him. And I remember the commercials, like my my first two or three years, and, and who we facing there, the freak. And I couldn't, I couldn't fathom the fact that when I was facing him and I was looking at him, how small he was. And, like, how skinny he was. And, like, his jersey was just, like, floating on him.
1: Throwing 97. And then
2: it was just the yacker and the leg kick. And then you just didn't know. I couldn't pick up his delivery. And it was just, dude, it was just, like, it, it was a nightmare. And, and I was the last out to his first no-hitter against us. I hit a fly ball to left. And we knew, like, by the third, fourth inning that it was a no-hit stuff. Like, hit. we were coming back into the dugout, and guys were just chirp- chirping, like, we better get a hit. <laughs> we better get a hit. Like if we don't get a hit in the six, it's he, over.
1: He had a he had a four-year span, that guy. Oh, dude. that he was the best. It, it's just like, you couldn't
2: understand yeah. that skinny little thing was throwing 98 with a hook at like eighty. His curveball wasn't like the Barry Zito curveball, the Kershaw curveball. That's like 75, 76. It was an like 82, 83. So like it had tilt and then and then it was like, okay, like you would say. It's got to start at the bill of my helmet for me to go, like it's a go go. But then if it starts at like your nose, you have to abort, abort, abort at all at all costs. But you're talking about your nose, and like you're talking about inches where it needs yeah. to start. It, it was impossible. I mean, like, I knew it was coming, and I was like, I mean, dude, oh, he, I him. mean,
1: they they did win it three and three times in five years, right? Yeah. with him it, leading it was, him and Kane. Kane you wasn't know, as
2: hard to hit as much as Linsigum. Linsigum was the it factor. Kane was
1: a good two, though, right?
2: Cain was yeah, he was a good two. Uh
1: yeah, he was they, a, they, won, they won it three times in five though. years, man. Then they, they had, had Posey, they had Bumgarner, they had Bumgarner, Bumgarner. Bumgarner. Bumgarner
2: was tough to Bumgarner Bumgarner was Bumgarner hit because nasty. Bumgarner what a great team. Was, Bumgarner Stacked. was standing the first base side of the other rubber. So think about facing that. So he was throwing sideways on you from like right center. So the ball was
1: coming <laughs> And he's a bulldog. He's a bulldog. Yonder, give me, you like, now sure. that you bring that up, I, it's popped into my head two, three times during this podcast, but give me your take on the lefty-lefty thing as a hitter. Because I, I hit lefty, and I, str- I, I, str- I, the, well, the I difficulty think- and 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 why it's, like, lefties can get well, subbed, I and why think- is it, what, what's, what's the, give me your take on You
2: can't be scared to get beat, and that becomes an ego situation. Like, you can't be scared to break your back. Like, you can be scared to give up in a bat. And, like, Tony Gwynn was very good with me about that. His last couple of years, he was in San Diego, and I was a lefty, you know. So, he, me and him had a lot of talks. Like, we were going to the cage, and it was hours of just talking in the cage. He would, like, one day I was, like, mesmerized. Like, he would put the ball on the tee, and, like, we would talk hitting. Like, what to do? We had a lot of not, I, I didn't have a lot of similarities to Tony's, you know, Gwynn's swing, but... A lot of the mental side of Tony Gwynn and myself were very similar in regards to those days. And and, he, and I remember one day we were in Dodger Stadium, and I'm like in a funk, man. I'm like 0 for like 14, over 15, rolling over balls, like lefties hitting hook foul balls to first base. Didn't like it. I, I didn't like the where I was at. Tony didn't like it. And Tony during that time was doing the games. So after a game, I leave like five guys on base. Seventh inning, I leave two, bases loaded in the ninth, rollover, double play, and I'm going up, Dodger Stadium, the old locker room, now is a new one, old locker room, you have to go up like two flights of stairs, like, and then the locker room was there. My locker was the first one on the left, and as I'm walking up, Tony's sitting in my locker, and Tony goes, meet me tomorrow at 11.30 in the morning in the cage. So I'm like, you got it. So I'm showering, and I'm thinking like, man, what? the hell does Tony want with me? You know, tomorrow at 11.30 in the morning, like guys don't show up till 2 o'clock. Show up at 11.30, I show up like around 11.15 and so I get up early in the morning I tell my dad, dude, Tony Gwynn like wants to talk to me. my dad's like, bueno, well, okay well, yeah. you gotta go, you gotta go. And I go now <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's 8 in the morning I, I'm, I'm gonna go, you know, I'm gonna go. So I, I get an Uber and I show up and, and I show up like at 11 and I'm, I'm going, walking to, to the clubhouse Tony Gwynn's there Waiting for me. He's got a fungo. And he goes, meet Me in the dugout. Get dressed, meet me in the in the dugout. So I get dressed, I go down to the dugout. I'm like, what's up, Tony? He's like, How you doing, man? And we start talking, whatever. He goes, All right, look, I'm gonna tell you something. Today you're facing a lefty. And I'm gonna tell you something. And it was Wolf, Wolfie that we were facing for for the Dodgers. And he's like, I want you to give yourself up. Nobody in the stadium, sixty thousand people here, are gonna know today you're going to go for four. You do, like me and you know. I'm going to be doing the game, and I know that you're going to go 0 for 4 today. But you're going to give yourself up the right way. So then tomorrow, it can lead to something better. So now, we, remember we talked about earlier in, the, in, in our show, which was the failure aspect of it, right. how it was going to base you to start doing well as you move forward in life. Kind of the same structure, he was telling me. He's like, I want you to hit two ground balls to short, and two fly balls to left. And let's see what happens. Because you need to start understanding how to give yourself up and how to sacrifice a broken bat so you can start getting the alignment of where you're at a home plate. Like right now, and he, he started getting, then we started getting mechanical with us. Like you, you don't understand where the plate's at right now. And you need to know, a good hitter needs to know where the plate's at. Because you have to factor in, it's not just the swing or getting a good pitch. It's the umpire that's behind you. So he know, he's got a zone. And he, you got to work with the zone, too. And you got to watch the scoreboard. The scoreboard is going to tell you the pitch that's coming, how they're going to attack you, and how they're going to defend you. And it's very true. Like, the scoreboard, people lose sight of the scoreboard. Watch the game right now. Everybody's on their iPad going to this, watching their, their swing. They're not watching the scoreboard. Like, the scoreboard, like you said, you, you took your family member there. The scoreboard said it all. Like, yeah. there's so much information there, like, from, like, tweets and everything. Yeah. So, watch the scoreboard. It, it's going to tell you everything.
1: You mean like outs, inning? Is that what you mean? Outs yeah.
2: inning? Who's pitching? Who's warming right. up? Gotcha. How many pitches they have? You know, what they've done their last three starts. Uh, what you've
1: done your last couple what of bats. you've at-bats. done yeah. your last
2: couple of bats. What you've done the whole month, right. the last week, everything. You, you can see how they're going to attack you. And sure enough, that game, first at bat, I'll never forget, I hit a fly ball to left, and I look up <laughs> to the I, – I remember like my goosebumps. I look up. And Tony's going, yeah, <laughs> great. And I'm like, all right, first at bat. I ended up going three for four, two doubles to left center, and a base hit to, to left field. I hit it, get a base hit to left field with men on second and third with the time run in the eighth inning, and we ended up winning that game on my base hit. The first at bat and the talk at 1130 in the morning by Tony Gwynn gave me an understanding of what's the worst that can happen? I'm going to go for four today. I've been going over 20. Right. So it's the same thing. Right, Now we're just doing it a better way. Like we're, we're going to do it to, to be able to open up another door of opportunity for tomorrow. And like, that's how I got into, I I tell kids all the time, give yourself up. And they look at me like, I'm going crazy. What? How am I going to give myself up? no, give yourself up. Like, I want to see a line drive to right field today. If you're a righty, you know, it's going to open up gates for you. And sure enough, more than not, it happens.
0: Dude, this episode has been awesome, but that's, the coolest shit I've, that's I've a, heard. He all. said about three Tony, things today. Tony Quinn, like, man. That's Tony like Ray. one yeah, of yeah. my idols Tony growing Ray. up, man. So good, wow. man.
1: So, so good. yeah, that's that. Amazing. How, how come that bloodline wasn't, I mean, because this kid was pretty good, right? Tony Gwynn's he was kid great, was pretty good. He was great, he right? He stole a lot of bases. Only 1% he, get to the big leagues. Yeah.
2: You know? Um, I thought he was good. I, I think that he was, he's a player that I think now in today's day and age, he would have played 15 years in the league. In, in today's game. speed. You know, I think he came up in a in a in a, he was a different than his dad though. Built different.
1: wise, you know, size wise. He didn't wise. have that slugging,
2: but he played good defense. He yeah. he he hit the ball, he didn't strike out, he ran well, yeah. very well. And I think he would have he he would have been the the Kike Hernandez of today's day. How Kike was? How Kike is? Kike Hernandez. He would have been that during that time. Does that
1: affect a little bit that the dad was like like, you know, you yeah. get the 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 younger kids are going to the big leagues. And if your dad's a stud, there's a lot of, always like a lot of comparisons. Like I felt no, that a I, lot I with think him. It, I
2: think Tony was great at that as being a great father. And I think.
1: No, uh, but I mean I like talked... the way people see it, like, like him coming up. Mm. I remember a lot of times like, you know, people would not, you know, instead of taking him to be his own individual person, it was always like, cause he was Tony Gwynn's son. Yeah. I, so they wanted like there to be some type of, And it's not like that. No, it's it's not like that. Like,
2: Tony one day, he told me, like, he's like, you know, kid, he used to call me kid. You know, kid, I went a whole year without breaking my bat. Like, I'm sorry, but nobody goes a whole year year without breaking your bat, you know? So I think he went a whole year without breaking a bat. Just just think about that. Like, he he went a whole year without breaking a bat. So I think, like, for me, that's not fair to put... You know, like, hey, you got to be the next. Tony yeah, exactly. Like, what? Like,
1: there's you, you no think way. Tony, so Tony Gwynn and Arias hand-eye coordination are kind of like there yeah, similarly? I think, or I
2: think Luis Arias is there. Um, tof, Luis, Luis. I remember the first day that, that we're in the WBC and Luis uh, had never played in at Marlins Park, at Long Depot, right? And I'm in the clubhouse with Luis. He has the same. He had. We had the same agency agents during that time, so we're we're tight. And I was like, "Have you seen the field yet?" And he's like, "No, dude. I haven't even. I've never even seen the field." So I was like, all "Right. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let me show you. This is the way." So we're walking. I'm like, "What do you got on the field?" And he's like, "I I don't know." He he's asking me like, "What do I got on it?" I was like, "It's a fast infield. It's a really fast infield." And there's a lot of room to get hits because the outfielders have to play a lot far, a lot deeper. And he, as soon as he walked in, as soon as he walked into the stadium, he goes to me. Boy, he's, like, looking around. I'll never forget. And he, we're on the third base side, and we're, like, kind of by the on-deck circle. He goes, boy, there's a lot of hits here. There's a lot he of knew. hits. He knew. Like, he knew, like, right away he knew, like, oh, I'm going to hit, like, 330, 340 here. <laughs> like, that. he knew right away. And, and this is March. Like, we're, we're not talking about, like, April. We're talking about March. And he's like, dude, there's a lot of hits here. And I was like, dude, the infield's fast. The dirt's fast. And then there's not that much foul ground. Notice, Marlins Park has no foul grounds. Yeah, there's nothing. So, you can miss hit balls, and you get another chance. Man, that's, that's big, dude. When you're in Oakland, you're guaranteed, like, nine or ten foul outs. It's, it's not known. Every player gets nine or ten.
1: When he when he went deep twice in that game in the WBC. Oh, dude, that was nuts. I was like, we got this guy. Like, Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, that was you know, I knew this was going to be a good – yeah, Off the bat, the back, you knew that he was it. seeing the ball well here. You know there's what a lot I mean? Of dudes.
2: The, the, the game of baseball right now is in, in a place where – it's a shame if, like, when baseball season starts, like, you're not watching baseball. You're kind of like, dude, like, you're missing talent. Like, you're, you're like, if let's just say six o'clock game, you got the Yankees, you got Boston, you got the Marlins, you got Atlanta, uh, you got Tampa. God knows what they are. Then eight o'clock is the Midwest. You got the Cubbies. Yep. You, you got the Rangers, Houston. Okay, let, forget that. Then nine o'clock start. Then yep. you got the Dodgers, the Padres, the yep. Mariners. If you're not watching baseball.
1: yeah, okay. no. And at the end of the day, you have it on your fingertips. If you, Dude. if you, you know, you, you should be up to oh, yeah, date with uh, everything, you know? Have,
0: yeah. have T-Mobile. They give you the package for, no, I mean, for the entire I have, like, year, the, man.
2: I, I mean, obviously I have to watch, but every day it's just phew, all the games. And, and I Love just, it. you know, zips here, zips there. I mean, let me see what's going on here. Let me see what's going on there. It's great.
0: And Yonder, you talked about the, before we go and and then we'll we'll wrap up, Uh you know, you mentioned about giving, giving yourself up the, with the Tony Gwynn story. But, you know, we have a lot of Little League parents that, that listen to us. A lot of yeah. people that went to Diamond Dreams or people that went through not, not, through yeah, Diamond Dreams. Uh, what advice do you give to to the parents out there? I mean, some kids will listen, but to the parents who who have mm-hmm. kids coming up, you know, 6U, you, 7U you through, you know, through 14U, you, you know, yeah. just kids coming up now in, in Little League.
2: Well, I think, I think a couple things. I, I think, well, a lot of things, but we'll, we'll keep it short. For me, like, I always ask, I always ask Troy, sure, like, did you have fun? Do you want to come back tomorrow? That's, like, number one, right? Hey, how was it? Loser, win or lose, did you have fun? How was it? And I think for parents, don't put so much pressure on their kids. Like, I, I think for me, I would like my son, if, if I'm, like, looking at a kid that's really talented or not that talented, to one day play first base, one day play shortstop, one day play center, one day be a catcher, one day be a pitcher. Because today you're this. Tomorrow you might be that. And if you don't have a baseline of how to play all nine positions, you won't even, you won't know where to go. Yep. And, and I'm very like strong at that where I, 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 when I see it, I see it all the time. I, I saw it at right. DD. Yep. No, 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 my son's a third baseman. Whoa, Your son's whoa, a baseball whoa. player. Your son wears <laughs> a uniform. Let's <laughs> start yeah. there. He wears a size 3C, all right? He's, he's not a, he doesn't wear a 12 and a half. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I have a I kind of like a thing for that where I'm like, I just laugh. And yeah. I'm obviously, as you know, I'm not yeah. coaching. I'm of in course I'm chilling in my chair. And I'm just there like, dude, like let, let the kid let the kid play. Yeah, what what do you want to play today? You know, obviously you have yeah. one inning you'll play here, another inning yeah. you'll play there. And as you get older, and, and I tell these kids all the time, like by the time you're eleven, you should know if you want to go pro or not. Like that's the way I see it. When did you know? Well, mine was different. Mine was a little different because of my how I got to this country, like the way I. You got here. Mom, you were ten,
1: right? We're yeah, I got here. When I was nine. Nine,
2: and my dad played ball. I, I my uncle that, yeah. played ball. My right. godfather played ball. Like everybody played ball. So when I got to this country, it was just it
1: was already like, ingrained in you. Yeah, it was
2: my mom, my dad, and my sister. And my dad and my mom, I would see at seven in the morning, and I wouldn't see it till eight o'clock. And then I would watch my baseball tonight. And I said to myself, at nine years old, I am the only hope. Like I am the only guy that can get them out of this so I can see my mom at three o'clock and she's going to take me to school at 9 a.m. So my mentals were a little bit different at that age because I knew that for my mom not to clean offices anymore and my dad not to clean bathrooms anymore. I was the only hope to make it. So at nine, I knew like
1: we're in the uniform today. Yeah, Locked in.
2: Yeah. I didn't play football. I didn't play basketball. I didn't play hockey. I didn't play soccer. I didn't play none of that. I played baseball. You know that that's what I did. So, I had a different, you know, now, did I learn doing that now as I'm, I'm an adult? Like, dang, that was, that was tough. Like, that was a lot of pressure as a nine-year-old. Would I want that for him, for my son? Not necessarily. I think it's good, but I also would want him to to, to enjoy life. Now, by, by the age of 11, 12, right. you either got it or you don't, my man. Like, we got to know.
1: No, like, and and 11 or 12, you should no, know. No, you like, should know. And, and I agree with you because it's got to click. It clicked for you. It, clicks. it clicked for you at nine. Yeah. You knew at nine. Hey, yeah. listen, this, yeah. this, is, but it this is what I want to do. clicked even more at do. 11 and 12. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, at 12, it really clicked. So you, you get to high school. You get to Coral Gables, right? Yeah. And you played varsity from the very beginning or yep. no? From the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And then you, you committed to UM your junior year? Sophomore year. Sophomore year. Okay. I've been wanting to ask you this question. When you got to UM and it was your draft year, you played summer ball that summer before, I right? Went to the Cape. You went to the Cape. Yeah, I right? had a
2: chance to play for Team USA. Right, and I ended up for going Team USA to go into the Cape. Okay,
1: so you're at your junior year, and you know yeah. that this is from nine years old to now. Yeah. This is the this is the moment. This is yeah. this is it. When did you know, hey, my life's gonna change?
2: Well, I think because hmm. I, I remember.
1: So I remember when I was in management, um, you know, because I used to own sluggers with Gabby Sanchez yep, and yeah, yeah. stuff like that. I remember I just started working in it, and he was like, "Well, you gotta." You don't know what the first rounder looks like. I'm like, I have no idea what the first rounder looks like. Like, I'm new into this. He's like, Well, you got to go see under Alonzo Um. That's what he looked like. And <laughs> we're going to a couple of games, and I remember saying hello to you a couple of times, and and saying, Okay, well, this is the kind of like baseline that I that I had yeah. for that. So mm. as you've gotten older, I'm sure people have told you a million yeah, little yeah. stories like that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I, I think my junior year, I knew I was going to be a first rounder because of my cape, because of the cape I had. So I'm. Um, during the time, my agent is Mike Maulini, who is right. very well-known here right. in Miami. Of course, day. he was on our show.
1: We he's had him on our show.
2: Incredible person. And we go to the Cape. We decided to go to the Cape for going Team USA. And he goes, if you bang there, you have a chance to go, like, top 15, top 20. And I was like, where am I right now? You think if there was a draft today? And he's like, well, anywhere between 20 and, like, sandwich. I was like, okay. All right. So I'm going to go to the Cape. And I'm just going to bang. And I ended up being the number one prospect leaving the Cape. I ended up hitting like 380. Like something crazy. I remember that. And I crushed, 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 crushed. So I come back from that. And the talk of town is, or at Miami, was like homeboy hit at the Cape. Like 380. Yeah. Like yeah. Dude, this dude is serious. And then my training like just went to a whole nother level. Like my training went from... Being a boy to a young man. Like, like that added to, I, I was still cleaning offices with my dad and my mom. I still had to go to study hall. I still had to go to class. I had no money. And I, I had like five bucks. I was dealing with like the McChicken menu. No NIL deals no like Yeah, I wasn't dealing with a dollar menu. Like, I wasn't dealing with that. So, it was very hard. And and I was just like making it. Like, I had to eat right or, or, or you know, straight bird diet. Like, don't eat to get my training the way I needed to, I needed to be. And then I remember like my training was so good that fall and A-Rod helped me through that as well. He was a huge part of my routine and how to learn how to be a professional, like how to, how to learn how to be like a dude. And, and he was incredible through that process. Mike Tozar was huge. I mean, so many people, so many people. And I remember going into that year, all I said to myself was just don't get hurt. Like just don't get hurt. So I kind of, Played like hard, but but you know, like I knew like when can I push it and when can I not, right. Because of like my training, like how good my training was, and my training was incredible. And then halfway through the year, you know, you start getting like ACC player of the week, yeah, and yeah, yeah. you and were that. tearing it up, you and were then tearing the it stands up. Fans start getting, we, remember, we had three first rounders that year, we were nasty. Was it you, me, Jamal Weeks, and Carlos Jamal Gutierrez. Weeks. Yeah. So and then there was like second rounders and third yeah, rounders stacked. So I remember like the, the pavilion in the back, it, it started like first the first series, you know, fifteen scouts, dude. Like by halfway of it, it was like seventy, I remember, eighty. Bro. Like the GMs, it was, GMs were it was coming, impressive. and it was like it was a real deal. Like it was a situation, impressive, but it all had to do with the team. It all had to do with these with guys that I had played in little league. And I had played in high school. And, like, Jamal Weeks, I played with him since I was a freshman in high school. And Dennis Raven. And, like, the list goes on and on. But I had played with these guys. It was a baseline. And it was, like, Miami against the world. Like, that was, that was like, the attitude, right? Miami against the world. Yep. Like, that's who we are. And I remember one day we were with Jim Morris. And every time after a practice, we would say Omaha. And we started saying family. Family. And Morris got, like, pissed. Like, he got really hot. And we all had to go up to him and we're like, you got to understand. We've, everybody here, we've played since we were in high school, like in middle school. So for us, this is us against us, the, the world. This is us against the world. You know, it is what it is. And I think it was like the only time in his career that he let that slide. But other than that, like it was us against the world. And, and Miami was, I knew, I knew kind of like that, that summer of Cape. I knew like it was it was a real it was deal. Real. Yeah, GM started like talking to me, having meetings. Like I wasn't having meetings with the cross checkers anymore. No, 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 it was a real deal. Like I high, was having high level meetings guys now with like GMS, and like I was like, oh man, a yeah. GM, like all right, like Mike Hill, you know, like yeah. guys that were. Higher ups, and I knew I was like, all right, I'm into something here.
1: Well, listen, not only not only was um, is Yonder obviously was a badass three hundred five er baseball player, but the guy on MLB Network is the man.
0: Yeah, he's <laughs> Dude, awesome. This guy's
1: the man. I, I I take pictures of him in the morning yeah, and I yeah, send it yeah, to yeah, him. Yeah, I yeah. love the shoes. I, I, I love yeah, watching him. He's the, on the best dressed guy in that MLB Network. There's no doubt. <laughs> Most handsomest, and bro, he he's his words. I always tell him, bro, just keep educating. He's doing so good. Yeah, well, we appreciate you, my Yonder. Lady,
2: my lady Sarah does it well. Yeah, she we she, like she that. dresses me up. Like that. <laughs> Good taste. Yeah, I just I just put it on. Like I do. I, I do it with my baseball uniform. I just wear it. We
1: hey, really appreciate your time, brother. Anytime,
2: anytime.
0: And uh, you know, we could have gone on for like Ever. four hours. Yes. So <laughs> we we <need> to have <laughs> you back on. We gotta do it again. Let's do it. Yep. Thank you, Yonder. And this has been Diamond Dreams Miami Up and In episode sixty seven. See, see, see you.